Welcome back to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for HBO's The Last of Us. Joel, did you hear diarrhea is hereditary? Yeah, it runs in your genes. Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for HBO's The Last of Us, episode four, titled Please Hold to My Hand, directed by Jeremy Webb. Special thanks, as always, to our partners at Crave and HBO for letting us watch this series in advance. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series. It's kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this episode, but not the games. But even still, if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back faster than a fresh, hungry runner. Now, before we drive headfirst into an ambush, let me introduce you to my fellow survivor. He's taller than a bloater, and he's certainly an Ellie Toter. He's Justin the Joel Lovin' Lawrence. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm feeling good. <laughs> feeling are good. you feeling punny this week, Justin? Are you feeling punny? Um, see, I've I'm not really good with puns. Steve. No, the dad jokes. Like I've been a dad for like three months, so the best puns yeah. that I've ever that I've ever come out of my mouth have totally been by chance. So you know, I'm I'm. You didn't I'm not... even mean to wait. So exactly. so it was really a pun that wasn't intended. Exactly. It was. It was. It was. It was, an, <laughs> it was an un pun. <laughs> oh my I gosh! You aren't. You aren't. You're. You're as good at this as Joel is at giving uh, advice <laughs> and to saying you sorry. Um, you know, I. I think Ellie got her 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 joke book. Um, and uh, and I wanted to say before we read further into this episode. Um, that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, did, do you have any puns? I asked you to come up with a pun for this episode. Did you have anything? Well, I, I, there was one that, um, I did find online. Okay. Um, hit, hit, hit me with it. Let's go. Okay. Okay. A tornado destroyed okay. a French cheese factory. Oh my gosh. All that was left was debris. Get it? Uh... <laughs> an awful one. Wow. That's great. Okay. Well, I got a gun pun for you because- you know, I think the gun is a very important aspect. Oh, it's a character uh, to this, this episode yeah. and to to Ellie's life. Um, so get ready for this, okay? I bought some guns from a guy named T Rex. He was a small arms dealer. <laughs> <laughs> did you come with that, or did you find arms. that online? <laughs> you, uh, yeah. No, I found that one. I found that one online. I oh, found that, that one online. Another great one uh, from the game is uh, people are making apocalypse jokes like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and that's actually from the game. Yeah, and I think absolutely. there's a moment where Ellie Ellie just reads it and she goes, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Uh, well, listen, before we draw our guns and shoot off more puns, let's get into this week's episode, Justin. Uh, we kick off with, again, no cold open. I don't know if it's coming back. I don't know if they'll do it again. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But we go right into the title sequence. And then Ellie playing with the gun uh, that she found. She's acting all tough in front of a mirror. She's going pew pew, pretending to fire it, uh, and I, I I love this Justin because 
it reminds me of being a kid again. Like you, you remember when you would get behind the wheel of a car mm-hmm. and you weren't necessarily driving it, but you'd you'd pretend, right? You make all the noises, you know, the the like you would, and and so, but you have no idea how a car works. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how a car works, to be honest with you. Neither do I. Um, but it's just fun to pretend. So mm-hmm. it was again another sort of kid moment with Ellie here of just seeing yeah, some of that immaturity, sort of yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes out of the Shell gas station, which, by the way, shout out to Shell gas stations. That was great to see. Uh, and Joel is siphoning uh, some gasoline, and she asks him how it works, and <laughs> he gives a terrible explanation, <laughs> which is probably what I would do too. Like I honestly, Just some if I ever become response, a dad, yeah, I'll, I'll write out the- <laughs> 100%. Oh yeah, well the 100%. thing does that stuff, and then it just oh, sucks Justin, up. And then in. trust me, when your when your little Ellie gets old enough, like if we're hanging out, I'm gonna be telling you got to be like, don't listen to him, like ever. Don't take any of his advice because I'm just gonna make everything up. Um, so she starts reading from Will Livingston's pun intended. Uh, volume two, spelled T-O-O, uh, which is, again, another really fun thing to come from the games. And, Justin, I looked it up, and as of this recording, unfortunately, their Etsy shop is taking a break, but the, the, people, somebody made these pun books from the games. Like, they, they, they took the exact art. I don't know where they found it yeah. or if they recreated it or what have you, and they made these, like, books, uh, an Etsy user named Paper and Tears um, from Canada, believe it or not, um, so we'll pop a link into this description of this episode if you want to check it out. Oh, that's pretty uh, cool. And hopefully they come back because I think after this week's episode, like what more of a reason do you need to start getting this back on the market, right? I mean, sure, she might have to sort of, I hope we're not putting it on blast in front of <laughs> in front of Craven HBO and, and Naughty Dog, but I think it would be fantastic to oh, it's, it's you, you know, it's that striking while the iron's hot, I think is the term, you know, the relevancy. Yep. And I love stuff like this, Justin. You know, like, I love those things that, like, it's like, well, listen, if they're not going to make it, I'll make it. Yeah. And and it's an opportunity That's what fandom's there, right? for, though, right? Like, it's that shared Absolutely. celebration. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. So, we'll pop the link into the into the description, and you can definitely, uh, hopefully, she comes back, and maybe you can, you can buy these books. So, uh, anyways, they continue along the road, and Ellie discovers a Hank Williams tape, which plays Alone and Forsaken, mm-hmm. uh, which was the song that played over the first teaser for the show. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, uh, yeah. 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 And and you know, we do we do have another um uh show or, or, or type of show that we do called This Week in Geek. And I remember Justin, you were like reaching out and I think the the day before or a few hours earlier I was like, I don't I'm not feeling twig this week. I'm not feeling this week in geek this week. I don't think I can be a part of it. And then you just post this teaser trailer and I'm like, I am there. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so ready. Um and this was the song from that that yeah. teaser trailer. So mm. Um, but speaking of teasers, you know, quite a teaser. Ellie finds uh, the adult magazine, uh, and uh, and again another great moment from the game. She gives us the line, you know, how well, how would he even walk around with that thing? Um, <laughs> it's fantastic, and the joke about the pages being stuck together. Yeah, um, Justin, I was wondering if you could explain for any of our listeners who might not know why were the pages stuck together. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, well, because no, when, no, don't when, explain it, Justin. <laughs> no, you know what? We don't need that. I was going to make a dad. I was going to make a dad response, you know, bullshit <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the spot. So there you go. Um, <laughs> so um, so then they 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 take a stop to rest for the night uh, and they enjoy a 20 year old can of Chef Boyardee ravioli. Mm. Uh, and Joel teaches Ellie why they can't start a fire. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, saying it's not because of infected, it's because of people. Yeah. And then while tucking in for the night, Ellie attempts to tell Joel another pun, uh, but he already knows the answer. Uh, he was outstanding in his field, um, which I thought was was great. And she's like, did you read this? <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, and so there's that little moment, though, that I thought was really good um, that, again, just sort of shows that she can still get very scared. And she says, so no one's going to find us, right? Yeah. Uh, to which she responds with, no one's going to find us. Uh, and then we cut later into the night and we see Joel standing watch and she's, you know, fast asleep. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I really like that moment. So we already can see Joel is starting to take care, you know, of Ellie more and, and Ellie's warming up to him with these jokes. What did you think of uh, these moments pulled right from the game? And then, you know, would you would you eat a 20 year old can of Chef Boyardee ravioli? Um, if it was all that we had, for sure, I, I probably would. It's <laughs> definitely not going to be good for your gut health. That's for sure. I, I don't. That's the, I don't honestly. Know. I was going to say it's the first thing I would go for. <laughs> I'll yeah. be honest with you. Like out of all the things, like you've got, like sure, like he might have had like some fresh chicken or whatever, but no, nah, dude. Chef Boyardee all the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's not it's not a bad option. Um, but in regards to the moments pulled from the game, like I think as we were we've said before like this is this this series is getting right what parts to adapt while adding yep. new elements throughout and and the whole sequence of events that you described with just them that's what i've been like really wanting so it was it was rewarding after last week's episode not being able to see as much of it in this one see a lot more of them together and to see how they have had these small personal moments between each other like i love when he gets the pun uh correct that that uh yeah uh, ellie ellie outstanding in his field yeah yeah And, and i think that you know again we're seeing this 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 tough exterior of joel sort of diminish and when ellie seems to be a little scared and asks like you know we're totally safe out here you know even joel kind of questions it you know so he looks at his rifle and then they cut to and he's he's standing there while ellie sleeps watching over her and i think it's just so beautiful i feel like in many ways this is sort of a a a way for for joel to like let go of sarah while also being able to find the ability to care for for ellie yeah he's becoming a dad again Right. Yeah. And and him like even in the little moments that are very sort of um, just very like you blink and you miss them, like him telling her not to wander off. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that's a dad right there. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, don't wander off. And then when he uh, when he says that magazine isn't for kids. Right. Again, that's a dad moment right there. And so it didn't really take that long of him to start treating her like his daughter, even though at, I think at this point he's not admitting it. Right. Like a little bit further into the episode, he calls her cargo. Right. But I think I think he's he, he's he's trying not to show his cards, I think. Yeah. And I, I, I to, to your point, too, because for us as the viewers, we haven't seen them together for too much time. And we've been really yearning for these moments where we get to see Joel and Ellie bond together. So, um, you know, I love the moments in the car uh, leading up to when they arrive at, at the campsite. There's such an attention to detail in all of these moments that I really appreciate in these episodes that, that really do call back to the game so lovingly. So yeah, it's, 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 they're really nailing the, the adaptation part, the attention to detail. You're absolutely right in, in you know, the joke books having the exact same art, the yeah. adult magazine with the exact same image from the game. Like I went back, I'm playing the game right now and it's like, I looked and I'm like, it's literally the same model with all yeah. the same like quotes around him. Um, and it's, it's again, it's the little details that can make the hardcore fans really happy and we talk about fan service all the time this is fan service correctly 
right? It's not beating audiences over the head with, hey, remember this thing? It's delivering these little details perfectly um, as kind of a if you know, you know situation. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And it's, yeah. it's just one of those like little winks. And I'm, I'm so happy that that's how they're kind of going about it. Um, but yeah, no, so good. Such a good uh, uh, sort of translation, as we said. Uh, so the next morning, Ellie wakes up to the smell of coffee, which she smell- She says uh, smells like burnt shit. Uh, and while they drive, I love when Joel, <laughs> she calls it burnt shit. And he's, he's like, like extra slurping just to like bother her with it. It's just, again, it's one of those little things where I'm just like, yes. Um, and, uh, and Joel tells Ellie about Tommy, uh, the fact that he's what they call a joiner, how he enlisted in the army right out of high school. And then 12 years later, he convinces Joel to head up to Boston where they meet Tess. Uh, and that he says that worked for a while until Tommy met Marlene, who convinces him to join the Fireflies. uh, Last Joel heard, he quit the Fireflies and now he's on his own. Ellie asks Joel why he keeps going on. And he says he keeps going on for family. Um, and at this point, Joel, um, you know, to Joel, Ellie isn't family. She's cargo, but because he made a promise to Tess who he would consider family, uh, he keeps going on. And then after uh, telling Ellie to get some sleep, uh, she says, I'm not even tired. And I love when we, again, just another great game thing. We cut, (laughs) yeah, yeah, we cut to her and it is absolutely, it's right out of the game, but like, like I just falling asleep in the car is the best it is the best i love falling asleep in the car i don't know about everyone but um so we got a little bit more backstory here on tommy uh he enlisted straight out of high school he kind of seems like he's always trying to save the world and there's a theme here from the first episode where we see tommy you know he helps the woman in the bar and uh she's being attacked and that lands him in jail right and then we see him trying to be the hero again when they pass by that family Right. Yeah. And Joel says, no, it's 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 us. It's they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and then again, when he saves Joel from that soldier. Um, so I wanted to to sort of bring this up and ask, why do you think, you know, it seems like Tommy always has to be the hero? Yeah, I don't know if I've spent enough time with Tommy to to make that assessment, but it's clear that he is someone who wants to make a difference. You know, he's he's a, a military vet. Um, you know, he joined the Fireflies. You know, he he wants to to help. Um I guess the bigger question for me, though, is why does does Joel feel so responsible for Tommy? Has mm. their relationship always been like Joel is looking out for Tommy and making sure Tommy is safe? I'm not sure. Um, there could be a lot of reasons why um, that hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll kind of unravel and, and explore. But it's funny that in this moment, we're seeing how Joel feels like he has to go save Tommy. But I, I really don't think that's the case. You know, um, I think there might be a bit of a big brother uh, syndrome here where, you know, he feels like he needs to help him. And maybe that's in their past. Maybe, you know, Tommy was always picked on and, and Joel was the one that always had to, like, help him out or get him out of trouble, if you will. So I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's it's hard to really kind of deduce what the relationship is there. But how about you? What do you think? I, for me, I was I was considering it the idea that, like, I feel like it's something that was always in his nature with him joining the army, mm-hmm. but then it was only elevated after the loss of Sarah, right? Like he couldn't save both of them. And so it's 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 kind of something in him that makes him commit to the same mistake again when he enlists with the Fireflies, right? Like I love that line when, when Joel says the same mistake he made when he was 18, right? He's basically just enlisting again. And so 
you know, he mentioned that he had such a terrible experience in the army. You would think that he'd be as broken as Joel, right? But it's, I think this is like, he's only become more and more invested in trying to sort of solve the world's problems, right? Mm. He's only become more invested in trying to save everyone uh, because he couldn't help Sarah. And I think that's something that he, he also understands that he can't save Joel either, right? right. Joel is, is kind of a lost cause. And mm -hmm. so I, that to me was kind of the feeling that I got around this idea of him just always trying to, you know, help other people to be a joiner um, and to join the Fireflies. So I'm really intrigued to see. I really hope we learn more about Tommy soon. I mean, we're four episodes in and we've only seen him in, uh, in that first one. And I just I want to see more of, uh, of what he can pull off. So mm -hmm, For sure. I really like that theory. I think that's a really great theory that ties in the loss of Sarah. I guess that is the only moment that would really be telling enough as to why he's enlisting again, as you, as you said. So, um, yeah. yeah, I like that. I like that. I hope they explore that in the, in the thing. And that, that's probably why their relationship's always been so tense after the events is, is because right. of how all of that went down. Yeah, because, I mean, I think, I think it, it broke Joel. Of course. And it, it motivated Tommy. Mm. You know what I mean? And not, not in like a, a happy motivation. Don't get me <laughs> no, wrong. No, it's like do something. But motivated. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do I, something. I, I yeah. I save agree. who you can save, right? Exactly. Taking on what, what sort of Tess. And, and maybe yeah. that's where Tess got it. Maybe we get a. Yeah. Maybe but we'll also, learn that that's, that was something that Tess got from him. It's also the Fireflies are, are fighting the, the system, if you will. Right? And the yeah. whole thing that killed Sarah was the system. Right. Was mm. was the yeah, military system. True. So maybe part of the reason why there could be that as well, that Tommy is is enlisting again is because it's not, you know, he he, wa he wants to fight against that that dictatorship that we know is so prevalent. Right. Because as yeah. this episode will explore, people are are almost more terrifying than clickers than the infected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Than the absolutely. Infected. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Um, so listen, Ellie wakes up to what feels like tremors in the ground as they come to an impasse uh, as a large pile of cars and trucks are preventing them from continuing on the highway. Uh, so they make a detour through town. Uh, and in the town, Justin, I don't know if you noticed, but I love the, again, the attention to detail with the 2003 stuff. Um, on the marquee, you see the movies that are currently out at that time are Underworld, which came out in September 19th, 2003, and then Matchstick Men, which was released September 12th, 2003. Uh, uh, and then behind the movie theater, there's a Radio Shack sign. And I was just like, let's go. <laughs> like, just feeling all the feels for the 2003 nostalgia. Um, anyways, they, they very quickly get lost. And um, as someone approaches them asking for help, Joel speeds towards him. They get ambushed and crash into a nearby store. Joel instructs Ellie to climb through a hole in the wall to hide. Uh, and after a ton of gunshots... Uh, one of the attackers manages to pin, do pin down Joel, choking him with his rifle. Uh, Ellie sees this, sneaks up behind him, pulls out the gun that she, she found at uh, Bill and Frank's, and shoots this guy in the back. He immediately starts crying, asking Ellie, uh, you know, what, you know what's, what's her name? You know, my name's Brian. Uh, and he tries to form a connection with her. Joel takes the gun away from Ellie. And Brian tosses his knife towards them, continuing to apologize. Joel tells Ellie to get back behind the wall, and she does. And as she hears Brian calling out for his mother, uh, Joel stabs him right in the chest. And then after Ellie, uh, you know, she says, she says she's okay, uh, and Joel and her sneak out as we hear more people 
finding Brian's body in the background. They they say they say oh that's Brian oh my gosh. And so this moment this was a, a t- this was a tough moment, um, and and the way that they sort of uh, you know quickly you know sort of turn uh, we see Brian sort of go from this this guy who's who's about to kill Joel, and then. You know, he's he just turns into a almost like a kid, right? He's pleading for his life. He's more of a young adult, I guess. But what did you think of of this moment and and seeing Ellie finally use a gun? Well, given that the episode opens with her, you know, playing tough guy in front of the mirror, you know, when she actually had to use it, she was scared. She was intimidated. She has this overwhelming emotional response as she realizes, you know, what did I just do? I just shot someone. And I think in her mind, she's she's questioning, you know, was this the right decision? And I, and I think there's an immediate sense of, of regret. Well, it's the look in her face as she's walking away, mm-hmm. right? And and the moment she turns and he and Brian realizes he, she's the only thing keeping him alive right now yeah. is her being in that room. And so her turning and walking away and it's just like hearing him cry and beg for his life. It's interesting because in the first game, they didn't really have that. Right. Yeah. It, it, you would shoot people and you'd be like, yeah, they're bad people. Uh, but in the second one, there's tons of times where you're kind of put into a situation where the only way out is to kill someone. And then you would hear their friend like crying over them. Like you would literally hear your, their friend crying or like even worse, dude. Like, dude, when there's moments with like dogs attacking you yeah. and you have to kill a dog and somebody's like, they killed, you know, they killed. I don't know what a dog's name is, you know, Lassie, <laughs> Goldie. They killed Goldie or something, right? And it's just like it's so sad, like it's so yeah. upsetting. Um, and it's just one of those things where it's it again. It really makes you think about your actions in the game, and it it, it continues this theme that that sort of Ellie kicked off when she first asked Joel, you know, do you ever think that they're they're people? Um, you know, did you did you ever kill? It, uh, you know, I think further in the episode, she talks about, did you ever kill innocent people? Yeah, um, no, that's that's going to come up yeah. where because she recognizes yeah. that there was a sense of vulnerability in the kid. So was I think she feels that's where him? that remorse yeah. and that guilt yeah. comes from, uh, you know, wholeheartedly. She shot him in the spine, dude. Yeah, she shot him in the spine like yeah. his legs don't work, he says. Mm. It's awful. It's just oh, it's so tough. Yeah. I thought the moment was even worse when you realized that Joel killed this guy with his own knife. Right. Like to stay quiet, to save ammo. The knife that he stabs him with was probably his was probably this guy's knife. For sure. And it's it's just I thought it was more of a wake up call for Ellie. And I think it goes back to the beginning of, of her playing with the gun in the mirror. Right. She was a kid. And then this whole episode has really it's been showing that she's she's still a kid in this awful, awful world that she never, you know, she should have never had to grow up this fast in. But this is where we are. Um, and it's just, I think that's kind of the whole idea of this episode is like, you know, she, 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 shouldn't, she shouldn't have had to grow up this fast and, and go through these experiences um, because just... you see the, the level of maturity and how fast she has to kind of whip into this is a serious thing. Oh, for sure. I think that's very much the, the point of the first game is to call out how Ellie is a character that does need to grow up. This is a different type of world that she's living in compared to the world that we know. Yeah. So this is all that she knows. So I really love though that like the show is 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 really tapping in to to how they can expand and and go deeper with with these moments to make m- a more emotional hit. 
Um, it just makes it feel a little bit different from the game. So. Absolutely. So then we cut to an entirely new group of survivors. What looks like another QZ, but this one's not led by Fedra. Uh, it's not Fireflies. Instead, it's a rebel base camp. An interrogate. Uh, we get to an interrogation room slash like shipping container, and Kathleen is in there interrogating a doctor. She asks him about the the Berg quests. Mark Anthony Halpin, Carrie Schreiber, the Chans, and uh, one name that stood out, Henry Burrell. And she gets the sense that he does know where Henry is. After holding a gun to his head, we learn that he was the doctor that delivered her. Uh, the doctor says he never told them anything about her brother, but she says Henry uh, Henry did, and he's still in the city, and she thinks that he knows that too. She continues uh, to press him, you know, pressing the gun, pushing the gun up against him, uh, as as he simply says, "I'm your doctor." We hear horns outside, and Kathleen heads outside to to see Brian uh, is dead on the ground, where you can see what you have to imagine is probably his father crying over him. Uh, we see a stab wound in the chest, uh, and after hearing that there's no chance he'll survive, she immediately walks back to that interrogation room and shoots the doctor cold. Um, she comes back out and, and says, this is Henry's work. She instructs her entire rebel group uh, to do a, a sweep uh, and find every collaborator, uh, including Henry. So what did you think of our introduction to Melanie Linsky as Kathleen? And why do you think she wants to get Henry so badly? I don't know enough to to give a, an answer as to why on on that uh, on that front. But I think what's interesting is that in this moment, as I was alluding to before, it was like you realize that the infected are are scary and getting infected is scary. But society falling apart, this this sort of crumbling of 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 you know, coming together and trying to help each other and everyone just kind of sticking it out for themselves. That's really scary. You know, if the world yeah. ever gets to a place where that's how savage it becomes, I think that's more concerning for society. There's just no yeah, sense absolutely. of togetherness and community or anything, right? Like no, but just... there, but there, no, but there is Justin, but it's almost tribalism at this point. Yeah, it's tribalism. Right? It's, yeah. it's, it's even further. Like, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> we think of, of tribalism from the standpoint of politics these days, yeah. right? You know, who did you vote for? I don't agree with you. I, I do agree with you. Um, right. We think of it even on stupider, really silly levels of like, oh, I only play PlayStation games. If you like Xbox, you're dumb. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> you can go on Twitter, you can find all the different tribes in the world. Um, but here it's 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 a tribe. It's it's out of uh, survival. But it's also again, it it's people forming their own rules and their own right. ideas and their own ideals around how their environment should be. Um, and, you know, I haven't seen a lot of Melanie Linsky's work outside of Two and a Half Men, but I did see her a little bit in Fargo, and she's a great actor outside of the comedic space. Like, mm. I, I didn't think I would ever think of her as intimidating, and it's almost, it's almost like the fact that she is so soft and, like, sort of kind-natured that you wouldn't expect her to be scary, but she, it's almost what makes her scarier is that she is sort of like the the kind of person that you're like, oh, this person's going to be really nice to me. And then she just whips out her gun and pops you in the head. Like, it's really yeah. freaky. Whatever involves her brother and Henry, I think that's probably going to play a huge part in whatever the reason why oh, she, for wants, sure. she wants him. Um, well, but, yeah, she mentions collaborators, right? So yeah. you'd have to imagine, like, collaborating with, like, Fedra or the government um and so i'm wondering if she she considers henry a collaborator 
right? Or mm-hmm. or maybe her brother um, somehow is 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 with Fedra. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. I, I think they definitely have had a relationship before. Before I'm wondering if they were if they were together before, like in a romantic sense. That's what I was wondering too. But I'm I'm waiting to see how that all unfolds. I think it'll happen. I mean, I I think later in that episode we we hear her saying like she's he's not going to let Henry go hungry or Sam go hungry. So she knows, you know, she knows about uh, about Sam and she knows kind of how he's a. Uh, how he he would care for him and I don't know something something in me just makes me think that they they at one point cared for each other in some way um but listen while hiding in the high low bar Joel tells Ellie that she's just a kid and she shouldn't have to know what it means to kill so he tries his best to help her with the situation but realizes he's not great at it she tells him uh it was his fault and that he's sorry and after shedding some tears Ellie says it it wasn't her first time so then Joel takes a knee and teaches Ellie the proper way to hold and use a handgun so that it can't be ripped away from her. When she, uh, when she goes to put it in her pocket, I love this, he tells her to put it in her backpack or she'll shoot her damn ass off. And I was like, yeah, that's such a Joel thing to say. Um, and, uh, and of course, she still doesn't listen to him. You notice she put, yeah. she put it in her coat pocket anyways. Um, yeah. So anyways, Ellie, she's now got a gun, this time with Joel's permission. What did you think about this, uh, again, this, this dad moment, right? Him teaching her the mm-hmm. proper way to operate a handgun. Yeah, it's top-tier dad moments, man. Like, to see, <laughs> you know, him just taking the time, you know, showing her how to properly uh, hold her, her weapon and, and stand her ground. And it's these moments that I was really appreciating from this episode that just tie in more, as you've described, the Joel becoming a dad and, and looking out for Ellie. You know, understanding, you know, yes, she's not your daughter, but you can still care for her and, you know, want the best for her. For sure. Well, and I think this is his way of apologizing, right? I think he's he's apologizing and he's simultaneously learning in this moment that she can't just be a kid in this world, right? He's he's True. he's coming to terms with the idea that kids can't exist in this world. Uh, and he, he knows that she has to defend herself no matter what. So if mm-hmm. she's going to do it, Right. Might as well do, might it, as well do it right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. And again, that sounds very, that sounds very like, well, listen, I don't, I, you know, parents always all the time of that, that idea of like, well, if they're going to drink and do drugs, it's, I hope, I would hope that they'd be with their friends and be safe about it or something like that. Um, now, you know, she mentions it wasn't her first time, which we're not going to spoil anything in terms of, of the games, but I'm intrigued to see if we actually like we get have. to, to well, I, you know, I, I think the idea is like if if we actually get to see that moment, right? Like I, I'm I'm wondering if um we will if it's what anyone who's played the games thinks it is. But I, I also think, Justin, it's possible they could subvert our expectations and give us a different take like they did with Bill and Frank. Like I'm intrigued to see sort of if they do sort of change Ellie's past around a little. Well, that's more. what I'm saying about like even Joel's history, like. And Tommy's history, like how right. that's explored, if that needs to be as as literal to what's happened with the game. Because I think, if anything, last week's episode shows the real liberties that they can have with these characters in this this medium uh, and how they tell their stories. I, I, you know, they can they can expand on it while still staying true to it. They they have the right balance of both, and it keeps us as fans of the game surprised, right? Like I know a lot of people are experiencing the story for the first time who aren't fans of the game. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, again, if they decide to go that route, switch things up, show us uh, Ellie's first kill that is a bit different, I'm all for it. I'm all for the alterations and adaptation. I love the uh, the line, though, at the end of the scene where he just looks back at her and says, we'll get through this. And she looks at him and says, I know. Um, mm. I just, I don't know. Something about that moment really resonated. Um, let's keep going here. Kathleen tells one of her soldiers that there's been no sign of anyone. Uh, and the soldier tells her that he's found evidence of Henry. So he takes her to a room in an attic where we see a ton of drawings on the wall. She tells the soldier that they're out of food uh, and Henry won't let Sam starve. So after agreeing to do uh, to, to double the guards around their provisions, uh, Kathleen consents that there's something else. So the soldier takes her into a basement where they find what looks like a crater in the floor of the building. It starts to move and they quickly get out and she tells the soldier to seal off the building and that they'll handle what they can handle. So these got to be the infected that we see in the trailer, right? Like the, the ones that are coming up under the, yeah, the absolutely. ground from the fire. Is that, yeah. is that what kind of the idea you're getting? I was getting the idea that the, there's a bloater that's coming out of that hole. But what is that hole? Like why are there, are there infected underneath there seemingly? I, I don't understand. I, I don't know if I'm forgetting something from the game or, or what. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I don't think it was anything from the game. I think this is another departure oh, from the games okay, or a okay. translation that, that is adjusted slightly because – if you know, I don't remember them coming up from the ground. When I think of enemies coming up from the ground, I'm thinking of Gears of War, right? Yeah. So it's definitely not something I remember from from The Last of Us. But but you know, they're 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 um, they're fungus, right? They they would like cold, wet, dark places, so they would thrive underground. So it makes sense that they'd come up from from under the ground. Um, but I gotta say, it it pays to watch this with surround sound. Because I don't know if you noticed, but when Ellie wakes up in the truck at the top of the episode, there's yeah. this really subtle booming that's happening. And my bass speaker was like going off. And I'm like, that's not just the sound of a, of a truck going over a, a pothole. Like that is a, a tremor in the ground. So when yeah. we got to this section of the episode, I'm like, oh, oh they were foreshadowing <laughs> through audio uh, that this was going to be near the end of the episode. So... Really, really cool stuff. I, I think Kathleen saying, let's just handle what, we'll, what we can handle. It, it's, it's very clear that this Henry situation is much more personal for her. And I think, yeah. you know, putting Henry over the safety of her own people. Um, bite her in the ass later. That's for sure. I, I think I literally, I think this yeah. is going to be, yeah. I think that bloater is going to be the end of her. Like, I think that's going to be her undoing uh, as well as all of her people. Cause I think that's, I think that's what we see is like, sort of the the what happens when you ignore too many well, of those situations yeah no i totally agree because i think you know even when we in, are introduced introduced to kathleen she seems very unhinged she seems very um like she's she's acting out emotionally um so you, you, i think you're right i think there's probably some deeper relationship that her and henry have that you know it, it stems from from some sort of past history so I, i'm i'm interested because they to have see. they have like they have no proof that this kill of of brian was henry and she immediately is just like this is what henry does and it's like uh, you know okay like i being one of those people you know like hey so you know kathleen uh she's kind of been going off about this henry guy quite a bit like should we you know like i would kind of question it a little bit um but anyways uh, ellie and joel start to travel up uh 45 flights of stairs until they can't climb any further uh while they climb ellie asks joel how he knew they'd be ambushed and he tells her that he's been on both sides she asks him if he's ever killed innocent people 
and he kind of brushes off the question as they continue uh, up the stairs. They continue all the way to the 33rd floor. Uh, they make camp in an abandoned office, and Joel covers the doorway in um, glass so that anyone, you know, if anyone sneaks up on them, they'll hear the glass breaking, which is such a, a again, like we, we saw the glass breaking in episode uh, two, um, and it's just another call back to like, yeah, if you step on the glass in the game, you're dead. Um, so before they fall asleep, Joel asks Ellie, um, you know, what did she mean by saying this wasn't her first time? And she said, I don't want to talk about it. And Joel reiterates that it's not fair for her to have to deal with all of this. But they sort of cut the tension um, as, as, as Joel is trying to fall asleep, where Ellie tells him one more joke that we read off at the top of this, uh, this podcast about how diarrhea is hereditary because it runs in your genes. And I love how Joel is like, that's so damn stupid but he can't stop <laughs> chuckling right it's again it's one of those little things where like yeah. it, i love it i love when you have those people that like they'll they won't crack a smile ever and when you can <laughs> finally get through to them and, and make them laugh it's the best feeling in the world so to see ellie sort of laugh you know kind of with him was was great um but it's also one of those things in shows where it's like uh-oh uh oh, really happy moment, and then they fade to black, and you're like, the episode's not over yet, uh, because all is well until Joel is woken up by Ellie yelling his name uh, as he wakes to see Henry holding her at uh, gunpoint and Sam holding him at gunpoint. So, what did you think of this ending uh, and our first look at Henry and Sam? Yeah, I'm excited to see more of their story and uh, what their journey has been looking like. Um, but I thought it was really interesting that leading into this moment, you know, we get a very nice, heartfelt, sincere, personal moment with with Joel and Elian as just sort of the final cap, as the final moment to this this episode. That's just a reminder of how much these two characters have bonded and, and how much we're seeing that, you know, just laughing and being very vulnerable. Um, but yes, like you said, it, it, it was like, oh, this this is going to go south really quickly. And sure enough, the fact that a kid younger than Ellie, by the looks of it, yeah. is yeah. holding a gun to Joel, which means Henry has taught his son more yep. about how he needs to survive in this world. So, yeah, definitely seeing him standing over Joel with the gun has me hooked for next week's episode to see uh, what 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 happens and, and how everything will go down. Great cliffhanger. It emphasizes what this episode is about, that kids are not allowed to be kids. And, and you know, in the game, I don't think uh, Sam was as young as no. he is in this show. No, that's... Um, I, I think he was, uh, yeah. he was still younger than Ellie, but he wasn't, he wasn't that, that much younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's so probably, I, like, between 8 and 10. Yeah. Well, young enough to still wear superhero mask face paint, which I thought looked fantastic. Um, like he just got the red sort of face paint on his eyes. And he's just it was one of those images that you're just like, wow, tribal. Like we're seeing like a like a little eight year old. Yeah. And again, tribal. And I don't know, man, it was just one of those things where it's like I it's 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 kind of chilling and, and, and freaky to see this 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 literally this little kid holding a, a gun at Joel's head. Um, so yeah, I think the next episode is, um, this is where, again, I'm kind of like, okay, now I'm ready for a bottleneck episode, right? If that's what they I give know. us, if it's like, yeah. if it's Sam and Henry's story, then awesome. This was, this is the right place <laughs> to put a bottleneck episode in my mind, or at least an episode that can kind of 
catch us up with what was going on with them and, well, and I'm, what's going I'm, on with Kathleen. I'm interested to know if the next episode is where where they have been while the events of episode four were going on. Do you know what I mean? So oh, that at okay. the end of their episode, it they're kind of confronting the Ellie and Joel, I like right? That. And then and then number six is is kind of the the continuation of of that story. But and I'm I wanted to shout out uh, the end credits music here. Um, Lottie Kessner's cover of of True Faith. Uh, which is absolutely fantastic if you haven't heard it yet. Um, but they did a, a really wonderful ad for The Last of Us Part Two, um, which was like a CG, like a cinematic ad. And they had Ellie, or I guess Ashley Johnson, cover um, Lottie Kessner's cover. And that was like also a phenomenal job for that version of the song as well. It was pretty much the same thing. But there was an oversight, and Lottie Kessner was never credited. Um, like at all. And so uh, Druckmann, Neil Druckmann put out a tweet saying Ellie's rendition of True Faith was inspired by Lottie Kessner's haunting cover of the song. Due to an oversight on our end, she wasn't credited as intended. Our deep apologies. Um, we are rectifying this ASAP. We hope that Lottie Kessner receives the recognition she deserves. And you have to wonder, was this part of those discussions all the way back then? Of saying, well, listen, we're going to use your your song in in a credit sequence in in the show, and we'll make sure it's credited. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, let's go. I I don't know. I thought it was a really cool thing because it was one of those things that I was following because again, the song is so fantastic. If you haven't heard it, um, and the cover is is really great. And so to kind of hear it and then try to look up and find like, okay, I I need to find Ashley Johnson's recording of this, um, only to be met with Lottie Kessner. And then to to learn that she kind of was she didn't get the recognition she deserved. It's it's nice to see it here. I, anyways, I just wanted to shout that out because it was just one of those things where I, I followed it, uh, and I'm I'm happy that I, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, I know this song. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely check it out. Anyways, let's get to our rating, uh, Justin. Which I want to know your final score for this uh, this episode, uh, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five pun guns. Yeah, this episode was good. But I think we're finally spending the time that we've wanted as audience members with Ellie and Joel and seeing them bond and become closer. The mm-hmm. dad moments, as you called out throughout this this recap, have were were absolutely poignant and they they really mattered and they they showed a sense of give and take between both characters and their relationship and as they as they shared things and and bonded and became closer so you know i'm glad that you know we're four episodes in we're finally getting that um i really enjoyed seeing ellie finally use her weapon um it obviously had a traumatic experience on her uh and i think has her rethinking the question of who's good who's bad how do you make that decision when you're holding the gun um so i think that that was kind of the highlight of this episode the world building elements too were, were really interesting. Again, very haunting, just showing the dysfunctionality of society, as you put it so well, like noticing tribes and, and this idea of a very almost savage way of looking at things. That's very much the scary part of, of this whole situation is how badly the world falls apart. But, you know, I think we still need a little bit more time with this series. Uh, I think this episode did enough to get me really interested in what's next. Um, right. And, and, and I, I think while the tender moments are, are really great with, with Joel and Ellie, we do need to kind of move the story along. So I don't know how much the episode really did to do that. Um, so I'm going to give this episode four out of five pun guns. Yeah. Yeah, I think this this felt very similar to episode two for me, right? In that it, it did feel kind of 
um, a little bit more of um, of a setup episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find that like the I, I kind of enjoyed episode two more than this in the sense that it it was um, it it had a a little bit more of a bombastic ending with the with the loss of Tess. Whereas here, yes, we sort of get like the hype moment to see Sam um, and and Henry, but it it, it didn't. I don't know. The impact wasn't there as much. It, it, you know, we weren't losing a character where we were intrigued with the idea of these two new characters um, that we get to explore further, hopefully. And I, I think, you know, the moment of death with Brian was probably the the highlight of the episode uh, of of sort of that sort of messy experience. Um, and then, like you said, Joel and Ellie bonding throughout the entirety of it. I think it reminded me. Again, of the like we were saying, like the the moments of dialogue in the game that would normally happen while you're controlling something, that was kind of this whole episode, um, and you know we got introduced to a new threat. Uh, there was a great cliffhanger, but the episode just to me didn't do a ton to move things forward. Again, it, yeah, it was more of a setup episode. Um, I imagine it, it, we're going to get an uh, an excellent episode uh, next week. So. You know, I again the slow bonding moments, the moments of laughter shared between Joel and Ellie helped to raise my score up a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm a bit lower on this week for this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it out of three point five out of five pun guns. It, that's probably gonna be the lowest that the this series will go. I'm mm. imagining. Um, I could be wrong. I hope I'm not. Um, but yeah, this one didn't this one didn't work for me as well. It kind of just really gave me the feeling of like. Okay, next week, right? And and yeah. and let's 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 get to next week. Um, yeah. So that is it for this week's episode of Watch Club for HBO's The Last of Us. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or predictions on the shows uh, that we cover in Watch Club, well, listen, let me just get my 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 beautiful boy justin over here i'm going to teach him the proper way to tell you uh the proper way yeah, to tell you how you weird. can reach i'll just, just yeah, listen I'll, are you just, the dad am really i the weird. dad Who's i the dad? no god no i neither of us are dads uh, it's uh, to each other you know i i got i got a child to actually look after um they can reach us at we are geekcentric at gmail.com that's we are geekcentric at gmail.com or they can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or on instagram at we are geekcentric Thanks, Daddy. Uh, keep in mind, we have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies, TV shows, games, including our recent Geek Back episode, uh, where we took a look back at 2022. Uh, we have a review, a spoiler-free review for an Apple TV Plus original show called Shrinking uh, for season one, which absolutely fantastic. Uh, please go check out that show. We yes, have a ton of interviews. Please. We have an interview with uh, Luke Tenney, who plays Sean on Shrinking. Justin sat down with him to chat about his similarities to his character, as well as what it's like to work alongside Harrison Ford, Han Solo himself. Um, I'm trying to figure out the date here, Justin, but I think we've got some, some, you know, time is one of those things that I wish I could control more uh, in my life. I, and I'm thinking we might have some upcoming stuff coverage around Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania yes absolutely uh we will have uh our spoiler free review coming up next week as well as some interviews uh leading up to the release of the movie so be sure to subscribe so you know when those episodes drop make sure to 
you know, get on all the socials, like, click on all the things, subscribe to us here, subscribe to us there, subscribe to us everywhere. It's everywhere. Um, every, <laughs> it's like it came out of another book. Um, you know, you can check us out on, on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. You can check us out on our TikTok. We got a TikTok because we're cool Tickety like that. Talk. Um, we are geek centric on TikTok. We have some great stuff planned for 2023. More interviews, more reviews, convention coverage, uh, and so much more. So again, subscribe, like all the things, follow us on all the things. Um, check out that Etsy link that I told you about earlier. If you hopefully mm, 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 that person mm. is selling those uh, those those pun jokes books again. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, when you're lost in the darkness, look for the light. <laughs> 